0: All right, Mots, we are back. Episode thirty-six. What's happening?
1: Ah, uh, not too much. Just been uh, at the ranks. Uh, had the Bruins alumni training camp last week. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. it was uh, more of a team picture and a scrimmage, but it was fun to see the guys and get out and test the the uh, the hip out a little bit. So I'm encouraged that it was uh, feeling all right, and I'm gonna try and play a little bit more now. So it's that that time of year to get back on the ice myself so we'll see if i can uh, get out there and push the puck to the better player
0: that's good yeah i mean i'm sure they're still counting on you to be kind of one of the young bucks out there right yeah i mean there's there's some aging veterans let's just say uh but there
1: is a a crop of guys still around that um you know it's really cool um to to be able to be a part of it but big big network and a group of alumni still in the area so they kind of cycle through some some of the guys and, and make sure everyone tries to get some games. And, you know, Rick Middleton is in charge of it. And he's like, Mots, we need you for this game. We need you for that game. I'm like, well, I got to get my game back together here. You know? <laughs> but been, been on the Good eye. Good old arc.
0: nifty. How's the flow look? Does he go no bucket still? No, he's he's uh, he's got
1: a bucket on. Terry O'Reilly's um, line was, you know, he doesn't wear a helmet. And I was like, you, you ever think about throwing a, a helmet on? He's like, why would you put plastic over concrete? so those guys are just old school but it's so fun to be in the locker room we always talk about locker room stuff but locker room's a locker room and it's really neat to be able to play with some of the guys you grew up watching
0: so classic terry o'reilly story my father was playing in a tournament i was probably you know let's say i was 13 years old Uh, i was definitely young he was you know done coaching with the bruins all that stuff but it was a tournament i think it was like up in maine and and terry o'reilly was playing in it and he the helmets were mandatory in the tournament. It was, it, like I think it was my father was playing for like Team Budweiser or something at the time, and he's like, "I don't have one." So he went in his car and he had a bike helmet, like from his <laughs> from his son, <laughs> and he wore the bike helmet. Oh. It was unbelievable. And, uh, and he, obviously, he's got a complete like drive in movie theater for a head, right? Yeah, so the little, like, jug. yeah, his son's little bike helmet just like sat on top like a Yarmulke. You know what I mean?
1: It's
0: hilarious. Oh, hey. it was awesome. And they, and like the, you know, whoever was running the tournament was like, it says helmets, it doesn't say <laughs> hockey helmets. I guess, I guess you got it. Oh, it was yeah, classic.
1: He's a, a super nice guy, too.
0: Just uh, he's fun to be around. Really, really good person. Yeah, that's good. And who are the young bucks? Like uh, who's the any recent retired guys that would be um, eligible to play? So Mark Mowers, he's older than him, oh, yeah. but yeah, he, yeah. Uh, he's in
1: great shape, buzzes around.
0: UNH guy.
1: Yep. Uh, Steve Leach. Oh, Leachy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another UNH, another wildcat.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh Sean McEachran.
0: Um uh, razor getting the pipes or no? No, he he's he's a crafty, he he had some nice baby sauce. I was on the ice with him Monday night, uh, team share ice, and he had no stick. (laughs) I, like, skated down. I'm like, what's up, dude? I'm like, you're coaching? You don't have a twig? And he's like, yeah, I forgot it in the minivan. Like, he's such a good dude. And I was dying laughing. I'm like, he had, like, his gloves on in his hands, and he's like, I'm like, you just. uh, I was skating, (laughs) coach. Yeah, I'm like, that's unbelievable. Like, you have figure skating going on out here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so he, he skates out. Um, you know, we we got some good crafty veterans out there, yeah. though. Uh, Bob Sweeney still gets around and makes some plays, but it's so fun. It doesn't really matter about the pace. It's really how how uh, guys process the game yeah. and move moving pucks. And Kenny Lindsman is like really. He was like a really the sports
0: go- goggles.
1: He does in the micron megas. Yeah, yeah. Like the <laughs> old ones. The old. Oh ones. yeah, the Rosie Ruziskas. But he, like everyone, always, you know, he's the rat. He can, considered like a checking forward, but he had ninety-two points. Um, you know, he's was, he was a point producer and he's a very smart, smart player. So it was always fun to play against him and try to outthink him. And you know, the pace is pretty, pretty manageable though.
0: Yeah, 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 that's good. Did I tell you about my accident with the razor I had the other day? Notice yeah. my clean shavenness. Yeah, what happened? So I'm like. I get off the Peloton little ride and I'm like, oh, my beard's getting itchy, getting long. So I like go to trim it up and I look and my, the wrong clip was on it. Like my number five, which I usually trim my beard at number three. And so I take it off. I grab the number three and I like just put it down on, on, you know, my sink. And then I just hit that, And I'm like, oh no, I'm oh. down to the bone here. <laughs> so I'm like, I got to go with the, uh, like, maybe a mustache or a Fu Manchu or something like that and uh, didn't work. Out. I was like, I'll just, I'll take it down to the wood. I came downstairs and the kids were just all over me. Like you look like a baby and it's probably <laughs> been a few years since I've been clean shaven, you know, didn't recognize you. Yeah. Like dad, do you get a haircut or something? I'm like, a haircut. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no, I had an accident with the razor. So that was funny. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll grow back. Yeah, it'll come back. I might go with Colleen's approach and try the ninety-eight days of Rogaine, see how thick I can get my beard going. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I couldn't really grow much, but uh, we, we we played down in um, in Cincinnati. It was Anaheim's farm team, and Court and I uh, were out there, and we had a, a little playoff run, and just like terrible facial hair. And we were going, and I didn't, I I shaved my head in October for the socks, and uh, <laughs> didn't get a haircut all year. <laughs> So my hair gets like really thick and I would just puff it out is it like I picked it out. So we were going down to uh to her sister's college graduation and she's like hey we're going to go see my parents like can you like at least shave so I shaved and I just left this nasty duster, you know, just with the puff puffed out here. We have a family picture from that night uh framed and up, up in the uh, in the Oh, house. I saw the
0: picture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, it. yeah it's unreal. You got to get that out there. Uh hilarious. Yeah, that's uh that's classic. And the, the mustache is great too. Um anything else? Uh how's the games go the past weekend and everything? Obviously, last week uh a lot of people enjoyed the interview with Jimmy VZ. Great guy. He uh you know he's good. He's he's not the most talkative guy, but I think we loosened him up a bit and it was it was fun to listen to his stories and uh you know, especially going through the process of winning the Hobie Baker and then not signing with Nashville and and things like that. It was fun to see that other side. I'm hoping he has a, uh, a big season this year. He's a, he's a great kid. Yeah. Great kid. And yeah, really
1: good interview. Like the quality of the content that he was saying was, was really spot on. Um,
0: and you know, you're just riding a little bit about some of the stories, but I know I forgot about a couple too. Uh, and like a couple of people would text me, like, How did you not tell this? They're like, uh, I didn't want to embarrass him too much. Yeah, but really good
1: kid. Yeah, wish him the best. Like you always want to root for good, good people uh, to do well. And I think there's a good opportunity there for him in New Jersey.
0: Yeah. I love actually just thinking about it though that you shaved your head for the for the Red Sox. Don't think I didn't notice that. The Sox yellow jerseys are pretty sick too. Have you yeah, yeah, I, I like those a lot. Yeah, it just kind of breaks it up. But they,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought I would just slide that in. I, I didn't, I didn't think you were gonna miss that one, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had to process a little bit. Me and Keith, the coin shaved our heads. I saw a corner at the other the other day coaching. He he coached in between my games and he was on the bench. He had his socks jacket on. I was dying. I think I sniped oh I sniped the pitcher. I said Yeah, him. you
1: sent it over. Yeah, making a playoff push here. So
0: Yeah, yeah. He's awesome. I love it. He's got the socks jacket on, bullpen. He's all warmed up, ready to go. And so I said to you, You gotta you gotta start wearing yours on the bench. Yeah. I mean I it's warm. It it is a, a warm jacket, so
1: yeah. Sometimes when you get those uh, cold rinks in the middle of the winter, that is actually an option. I mean, I, I told Ryan that I might be doing that, and he's like, oh, yeah, no, because <laughs> he knows that it would. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I guess we got to uh, – you know, we, we we posted on Instagram today. There was an incident in a rink locally here in Canton with, um, you know, a mother that was very upset about, a, you know, a, a hit. And, um, you know, again, I think the – the you know the the whole purpose of this podcast for you know for all you listeners is it's an educational show and what we try to go over is things that you know we see in the ranks and we don't you know encourage and and there's never a point in time where parents should be yelling and screaming from the stands at referees or other players and things like that and I know everybody's concerned for their own kid's safety but it's just you know there's there's certain things that you just don't do not do and and at the end of the day um like anything nowadays, everything's on video. You know what I mean? Live Bond is, is in, I would say, 95% of the rinks there are, at least, you know, that that I attend on a daily basis or a weekly basis, and, you know, you've got to be careful. It's, it's you know, the, the video camera is everywhere. It's not just on people's phones. It's, you know, it's literally behind you. I talked to a guy today, and he was talking, uh, he was at a rink with his, you know, he was just having a ca- casual conversation, like two dudes in a rink watching their daughter's game. This is last year. And um, they had no idea where they were standing. They didn't know that the camera was above them or, or a microphone or anything like that. And his wife called him and was like, Hey, just a heads up. I've, you know, I'm watching the game at home on live on and I can hear everything that you and, you know, your buddy are talking about. And she's like, Ooh, thanks for the heads <laughs> up. You know what I mean? But it, it's, it's, it's so true. Right. Yeah. I mean, as far as the,
1: yeah. Uh, you know, conducting yourself, you know, appropriately, you know, emotions are a huge part of the game and that's what makes the game so great, you know, on the ice, you know, it can kind of teeter on the edge at times. And, you know, when, when you're, when you're playing, you know, that is a big um, part of having success, having playing with some emotion and, and being motivated to, to compete. And, you know, it, if it spills out, you know, into the stands, it, it just, it just can get toxic. And I just feel we're not trying to beat anyone up here. We just want to try and provide some information so that, you know, if the situation ever does occur for, for you and you, you should be able to make a better decision. You know, we don't want anyone, you know, it, you know, put in a position where they have to kind of backpedal and and feel like ashamed of some of their actions so we're just trying to get out in front of it and and educate parents and and players and coaches about you know the the, kind of like the the pitfalls of of kind of the the environment that we we play when it is an emotional game and you know I get I always say it I get you know revved up myself behind the bench and but you just always got to try to take take that extra breath and and conduct yourself accordingly because it, it is a, a very important part of the developmental process to be able
0: to handle your emotions. And as adults, we should be able to do that. Absolutely. Well said um, before we dip into the mailbag here, I want to talk to you about Skit Scott. Skit Scott's a new video based social media platform that combines the best functionalities of TikTok and Instagram. Skit Scott's feature rich audio and video editor allows its users to create videos up to one minute long. The platform allows users to use augmented reality filters, picture-in-picture, layered audio, and other editing tools found only in costly movie production rooms to express themselves in a short video. SkitScot is also a secured social media platform that respects the privacy of its users. SkitScot does not share, trade, or sell the personal information of its users. This app is made in the USA. Uh, What do you say, Mots, we get into the mailbag here? Yeah, let's go. Uh first one up we have uh We got an email Mots. I uh I'll do my best at reading. Uh <laughs> Always a challenge. My son is a, is a my son is a 7-year-old U9 player in London. The UK, not Ontario. Ice time is relatively scarce here. Uh, though we can manage to find three to five ice touches per week. However, coaching and competition is poor, and the relatively plentiful ice time is always at risk of getting scaled back significantly. Therefore, it's one reason why we're thinking about relocating to the U.S. Long Island, maybe Long Island. Um, My son is a decent player for the U.K., but I've seen some videos of U.S. mites, and they are much better. I personally found... I personally played AAA throughout my minor hockey career as well as junior A and found that if kids don't make AAA teams at the early ages, they get pigeonholed and and really get the opportunity again. So I worry if we move to the States, he won't get an opportunity to play on a decent team and thus will limit his opportunity to play at the AAA uh, level in the future. It's a catch-22. If we stay, he will have poor coaching and competition, which will hamper his development. And if we move to the U.S., he may be stuck on a B team or a house league team. What do you think? Do we uh, move or stay put? Thank you and keep it up. What do you well, think, Mats? I, I
1: mean, it's, it's there's a Pack lot the going bags.
0: on. Get over here.
1: Yeah, no, that's what, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I really do think there's a lot going on here. I mean, hopefully number one, like you can work, you know, from, from wherever you are and, you know, there's, there's a lot of different um, other dynamics other than just the hockey, but as far as the hockey, I believe, you know, if he's looking to, you know, further his development, and it's a family decision to to kind of move over here and, and give it a go, I, I absolutely support it. You know, it's but you know, if you if you're going to be chasing it in the UK, and you know, there isn't as much uh, of a chance to kind of work that developmental path as much as you would be able to here, then you know, you make that decision. And I, I mean, Long Island has a a, a lot of great hockey. Um, you know, I was there for two years, and that's where Ryan learned how to skate um so there's a lot of it, it is like uh i don't know like a very competitive and a- anything on Long Island is very competitive, you know, like people are very you know just you know uh looking to get the best out of whatever they're doing, right so just understand when you're going into you know, the lion's den a little bit as far as, you know, this competitive, uh, hockey. And if it, he happens not to make a, a top team, I mean, it's not the end of the road. It, and I don't think the pigeonhole, you know, situation, if he's going to keep getting better, you know, there is plenty of opportunity there. So I, I would, I would, uh, you know, support your decision to, to kind of look into it and logistically, uh, work it out.
0: Yeah. I think we, uh, you know, obviously, if, if it's a concern and ho- and you want hockey to be, you know, kind of the, the forefront of this kid's life and, and you know, obviously he's still young, but there's a lot of room for improvement. I don't think you, you know, can necessarily be pigeonholed if you continue to progress and improve and, and get better. You know what I mean? We, we've seen at the older levels, you know, kids that played, you know, around here, AAA and not elite and things like that. Everything changes throughout the years as they get to that, you know, there were puberty type years at 14, 15, 16 years old. If you're good enough, you know, you're going to have a place to play. And I wouldn't worry about, you know, coming over here and being stuck in a house league for a year. If you're dedicated to it and, you know, your son loves it and and wants to get better and puts in the work um, on the ice and off the ice, then, you know, the sky's the limit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about. And the same could be said if you, you know, if you did stay home and he's really into it and, you know, you're are lucky enough to get ice time and things like that. You, you Anything can happen, right? There's been players that have come from the UK before, I'm sure. Yeah, so moving on to the next one here. My son's
1: U10 coach has identified a lack of focus and too much chatter in the locker room when dressing and undressing. He's not trying to kill the fun, but it's getting to the point where some kids are late getting on the ice or still in the locker room after the rest of the team has left for the evening. He made a rule that the last person out of the locker room has to clean up all the tape balls and trash off the floor. My son is the kid cleaning up the locker room almost every time. Anything I can say or do to him to get him to understand the importance of focus before and after practice in the locker room. With the understanding that he can have fun and chat with his teammates after they take care of business.
0: Yeah, I mean, as for getting on the ice, obviously ice time's very limited, right? So it you know, you most sheets are fifty minutes, sixty minutes, you know, not not very often you have much more to it. So I, I can understand a coach's frustration when kids aren't really, you know, waiting at the door, waiting for the Zamboni to get off the ice. So I understand his point there. And then as for, you know, leaving, right? I mean <laughs> I understand that the last guy's gotta clean up. I I, I think you you, you wanna Make sure that kids are having fun and enjoying themselves in the locker room, but you know, with I think it should be monitored by the by the coaches and the parents and make sure it's not the same kid cleaning up the locker room every time, right? But I I, I get it. I mean, I was that guy that was probably the last one out of the locker room every time, as I know you were, Mott. Yeah, I, I don't really have much to say on the last
1: guy out of the locker room. I just it kind of gets away from you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but you know, I I think that rule is a good rule. It should be in place and. If the kid doesn't mind cleaning up the locker room because he is having so much fun after and hanging out, then, you know, that's that's what he signs up for.
0: Uh, that's fine. Yeah, tell him to bring a broom. With yeah.
1: I mean, just as far as, you know, I don't think that should be on the coach. He put the the, the um the rule in place. It's really up to you as a parent if you want to get out of there quicker to really, you know, speed him up. But, um, yeah, that's, I mean, before practice, um, you know, I kind of want to get into this and we can kind of go off on a little tangent here but i had kind of a similar thing where all right i poked my head in the locker room and i'm like all right hey let's be ready in 10 minutes or you know it was but like we had been there for a little bit you know like it, it wasn't like before a know, practice or no game. this is before a game yeah yeah uh yeah it was before before a game and um and it just got me thinking about this internal alarm clock all right so it just And it just kind of crept into a couple different things. And I talked to the kids about it. Um, So an internal alarm clock, I was like, does anyone know what that is? And they're like, not really. I'm like, well, like a quarterback, for example, he's in the pocket and he's not looking at the guys coming at him, but he has a sense of time, how much he has before he has to get the ball out of his hand before someone hits him, you know, like consistently, Um, you know, and then I was like, yeah, like a chef or a cook knows how to, you know, multitask and cook different things but he has an internal alarm clock on when to flip something or whatever um and then i I took it on to like the ice where you should always have spatial awareness spatial awareness how much time do you have to make a play before you know so i'm trying to say stuff to them in different ways so that the point gets across but you know going back to the question though it you know there's there's no awareness on time you know, with, with my guys. Um, so 10 minutes is, I and mean, they're not looking at their phone and being like, all right, I, I got 10 minutes. All right, I got five minutes. It's just like out the window, you know, Like, but that internal alarm clock would be like, all right, 10 minutes, let me just get through, you know, whatever, my skates, my get ready and uh, and just be able to sit there. But I, I just feel that overall that awareness, that that, that clock is, is lacking. And that's one way I was trying to promote being a little bit more alert and aware on the ice, just like having that feeling, like feeling pressure, but also you have the ability to look and then know how much time you have. You know, it's just another way of saying the same stuff. But, right. Right. Um, you know, I, I think, I mean, not everyone will, will take to it, but like maybe they're not even listening to the other stuff. But I just feel that, you know, this trying to present the same message in a different way, um, you know, could, could get some results from some, some different kids.
0: Yeah. Hey, you never know. I mean, I think, like you said, it's on the coach, and it's as as you, as these kids get older, right you walk in the locker room and they they're like still tying their skates or whatever, and like the Zamboni's getting off the ass. you're like dude like uh, do you have any idea what's going on? It can be extremely frustrating as a coach, right and I mean I know at my age group the you know I mean, luckily, the, the our home rink that we play at is usually like a half hour to 45 minutes behind each every every home game. So my kids are all there in plenty of time, and they're kind of ready to go. And you can say to them – you know, most of them are, 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 are dressed and ready kind of watching the third period of the game. And It's like, all right, guys, with five minutes left or four minutes left, like let's get in the room and kind of go over a few things before um, – you know, even before because, like, sometimes that 10 minutes um, – you know, not, not that you want to talk to the kids and have a pregame meeting for like an hour before the game, but, you know, you, you want to grab their attention and go over a couple things on the board before the game. And sometimes like, you know, just when the Zamboni ends or, or goes on the ice isn't enough time. Right. So it's it's sometimes it's easy to use the clock and ha- put in a little rule like, hey, you know, with with three minutes left in the, in the game prior to ours, let's be dressed and ready to go. You don't necessarily need to have your helmets buckled, but you know, everything else is on and your, you know, your attention and kind of focus thinking about the game. And, you know, then it's time for the coaches to do a little chatting and talking before. Well, that's probably the one positive that's come out of the rule changes,
1: like uh, in the games lasting for so long that you don't have guys coming in
0: late. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, sadly, we had a game and, uh, one of our players was at the red sox i'm like yeah yeah i'm like it uh, no big deal you know what i mean like it just it, the the game before us will probably be delayed anyway so stay till at least like the fifth inning yeah <laughs> it will be I all set um before we get to the next one Mots, let me talk about tsr hockey tsr hockey is new england's premier hockey store and it's a proud partner of the ring shrinks uh tsr hockey is the hockey store that specializes in fitting tsr fits players correctly to the right gear and maximize each player's performance i actually went up there a couple weeks ago picked up my uh my oldest some new skates he went he got uh, fitted they have um the machine where you just kind of i had never seen it before Mots where you like stand on it and it, it basically measures your foot for you have you ever done that no no me neither and uh but he was, you know, they, they 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 do an excellent job with it. I actually, you know, I I put my foot on there to see if like the skates that I've been wearing uh fit properly. And uh, they take the time; they sit, you know, they really did. They sat down with us, you know. He tried on a few different pairs of skates, you know, whether it was width, or, um, you know, make sure they were properly fit and things like that. And they do a really good job up up there as as well as with their um. You know the team sales and things like that so make sure you visit tsrhockey.com and um, work with those guys like i said they do a, a great job up there in salem new hampshire all right the next one here hey guys love the pod wish i had it
1: 15 years ago when i was coaching My referee <laughs> now for the, the last five or six years been in and around hockey my whole life i'm 48 just wanted to talk about the new usa hockey rules i'm not really against the changes for the younger ages Being a ref, I really haven't seen them affect or extend game times. The main problem is the Bantam to the U18 brackets. The changes with the automatic offsides and icing on the PK is just ridiculous. To circumvent the USA rules for those designations, why can't you just add the word high school to all tournaments for at least the U14 to U18? So these kids can actually play the game in the way it's supposed to be played. I think tournament directors and ice rink managers would be all over this just so game times would be back to reasonable amount. Plus, there would be less complaining from parents and coaches. Makes the ref's jobs better, in my opinion. I think talking about this might get USA Hockey to rethink the rule changes. Thanks. That's that's pretty good. And I mean, we've talked at length about it, but I, I think that's, that's – I mean, these guys, these kids, my son, for example, is playing rules that he's not going to be playing
0: during the winter. Yeah, it's so dumb. Uh, I would think the only just to uh, address what he said, I would think the only way reason why they couldn't add high school is probably um, because most of these teams are national bound teams and they want to play in the USA hockey national championship at the end of the season. That's kind of a, you know, a caveat at the end of the year, not that every team goes, but I know that's a big part of everything. And as well as kind of the insurance, right? If you're not, if you're, you know, most uh, of these hockey players, they, oh, the hockey leagues, if they're insured by USA Hockey, they have to play under their rules where high school hockey carries their own supplemental insurance, uh, you know, in in my experience. Would you agree with that, Mots? Yeah, that, that's I mean, there's some behind the scenes stuff here that definitely plays
1: into it. But just as far as on the surface, there there should be some kind of modification to that that age bracket. Um and, then, and again, that's it. it, it this, this should be some reasonable thought that went into this, which they did. And I, I we've talked at length about these rule changes, but I do think that there's, there is really no reason for them to be playing rules that they won't be playing when it really matters in their high school seasons. Um, but. You know, maybe there is a, a reason why and, and the insurance could be one of it playing under the usa hockey umbrella maybe it was too difficult to just break it off at those age groups but that's a great point and uh we appreciate you uh checking in and and uh you know putting the time into ref as well you know that's the kind of been the hot topic lately with the, the shortage of refs and we uh we appreciate your service on the uh, on the ice and giving back to the game
0: yeah, definitely. I think the uh, like you said. I mean, we've we've beat it up a lot. Um, you know, maybe we can we, we can talk with somebody at some point from Mass Hockey or USA Hockey and and try to get some answers. Uh, I think that would be helpful. Maybe in the next mailbag or something. Um, but yeah, it's it's ridiculous we've, uh, we've we've discussed it so much it's kind of just getting old at this point i i haven't noticed that much of a difference cuz i think we've been used to it at the younger age groups the you know the delayed offsides and the um and the no icing but at the 14s, 16s and 18s when kids are growing and getting bigger and stronger and faster and they're getting ready for high school hockey or junior hockey uh, it's it's just a ridiculous uh, ridiculous rule don't like it. Uh, what do you say, voicemail, Mats? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, guys. This is Tim from New Jersey. Uh, I coach with the uh, Snyder Hockey program over in Philadelphia. Uh, listening to you guys talking about the losing pucks in practice and all that, and I started losing my mind. These kids, every time we have a game, they miss a pass during the little, you know, rim- you know, swing around, just warm-up drill, shooting pucks high and wide, rimming them around, going down the other end, and then they're too embarrassed to, like, go down and grab a puck, you know, because God forbid they get chirped or anything like that. Drives me absolutely bananas. But uh just thought of that when, you you know, you guys were talking about that. So uh, love your show. Love what you guys are doing. Uh, keep up the great work. Thanks, guys. Bye. Oh, that's great, <laughs> Tim. Uh, Tim, thanks for the call. Obviously, uh, yeah, there's nothing that drives me more crazy than when the when the puck goes down the other end in warm ups and kids don't get it. Even when they're bringing the pucks over to the bench and like they blatantly watch one go down the other end, it's like go get the thing. Yeah. It drives me nuts. I it it's, it is something. It's
1: funny that. Uh, Kind of, we put it on Tim's radar a little bit more because I, I've been watching warm ups myself pretty closely. (laughs) Like I counted how many pucks I threw out there. I went to see how many returned, and it was Sunday morning. We had a game, and the the kids are like half asleep, and and I'm talking to the other (laughs) my, my the other coach, and I'm like. Well, that's with three down, with three th- three <laughs> pucks. <down. laughs> like, what's wrong with you? Oh, <laughs> oh guess, awesome. puck, puck. What you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. sure you paid for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's great, Tim. Thank you for the call. Uh, and yeah, just just put it on the kids. Uh, you know, to do list. You got to go down and get it and get have some thick skin.
0: Yeah, yeah. Byop, bring your own pucks for now on. <laughs> You know what I mean? So every kid, maybe that's the new rule. Yeah. Like, you bring, on, your own water bottle. like, like you bring your own water bottle. Now you got to, now you got to B-Y-O-P. You got to bring your own puck and, or you could even call it B-Y-O-B, bring your own biscuit. And every kid's got to walk out with one puck in their hand. So you got 15 pucks. And if, if little Johnny doesn't come back with his, with his puck after warm ups, then he's got to sit a shift.
1: <laughs> right? I think
0: you're onto something. I think I might be. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> tim yeah thanks, like it. Tim. <laughs> thanks tim uh <laughs> i showed up a couple weeks ago i tell you uh I, I probably already mentioned this but my uh i got tagged in from the bullpen to coach my oldest team and uh i showed up like same thing like locker room management time management the kids are like late getting on the ice we started down a man down and then i'm looking around and i'm like Oh boy, I don't even have any pucks for these kids to warm up. So, the, luckily, the scorekeeper gave me like three three pucks, and I made the kids warm up with those, and take a couple shots. It was, I mean, hey, they didn't lose them. Did, didn't you uh, get a delay of penalty? A delay yeah. Game penalty? yeah, 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 because it was a tournament and they weren't ready. And the whole <laughs> reason why I was coaching was because the team had gotten like more than 12 penalties, which is a new USA hockey rule. If you get more than 12 penalties in a game, the coach can't coach in the next game. So I'm like oh my god we already st- we're like I'm a- <laughs> the game hasn't started I already got a penalty I'm going to get thrown out of you know <laughs> however it works oh uh, it's crazy it's yeah crazy. one down 11 to go yeah one down 11 to go but BYO biscuit uh bring your own biscuit from now on that's a new rule so I like that mm-hmm. and uh let me before before the next uh, read here. Let me talk about um, Compass Real Estate and the Lee Heffernan Group. Jameson and John started out as Massachusetts high school hockey rivals. Jameson at Tavarian and John at BC High. Despite their on ice battles, they connected after their college careers to pursue real estate together. Um, They've been working as a team and navigating this intense Massachusetts real estate marketing market as the Lee and Heffernan Group at Compass. If they are not hustling deals together, they can be found on the golf course. Jameson plays out of Plymouth Country Club and John out of Halifax Country Club. You're getting incredible service with their personal touch, partnered with the fastest growing tech company in real estate. Uh, They have two other guys on the team, Ryan Ahern and Austin O'Malley, who have been great additions. Uh, Their website is www.leeandheffroningroup.com and their Instagram is at Lee and um Mott's obviously those guys are, are, are our buddies and they do a really good job especially if you're in the market for uh something down on the south shore or, or anywhere in the the boston area
1: yeah no they're, they're great guys and we talked about this before but you know trustworthy guys who will be able to um you know service your needs whatever um you need for the housing real estate here uh and the so sure in Boston, anywhere in Massachusetts, really. So um, yeah, make sure you, you, you hit those guys up if you're if you're looking to make a move or sell a house. Um, and with that, the cross-country mortgage, if you own a home and you haven't looked into refinancing in a while, have a quick chat with our friend Chris Devin and see if it makes sense for you. Many people don't understand the impact that a refinance can have on their monthly savings or overall wealth. Devo may be able to help you save on a monthly basis so you can put money into savings or other projects. Check them out at chrisdevin.com, and he and the team at Cross Country can let you know if they can save you some money. Cross Country Mortgage, LLC, NMLS, number 47305.
0: Yeah, that's it. If you uh, if you do buy one of those homes, obviously make sure you you, you talk to Devo. And, um, you know, I'm still the the porch is almost done, but we were able to tuck away a little extra money to, to, to get that done. Uh, we're still waiting on some windows. I mean, I think everything in the uh, construction world is a little backed up these days. So uh, waiting for a, a couple windows and and the porch will be complete. But it's looking really good. We've been able to sit out there. I got the speaker done. I've been listening to some you know, Thomas read a little country tunes, hanging out on the porch, and you know, a nice glass of vino to wind down at the end of the night. You know, nice. Yeah, I mean, we did have a little christening. Uh, yeah, we of, did yeah, with we with,
1: did. with a couple of popo cheers. But I can't wait for yeah, the finish couple break. paint, couple paint buckets. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, I can't wait for the finished product. Uh, go, come check it out.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Our next question. I know we got another voicemail. We'll do a couple of these. There's, there's some quick hitters here that came from uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, do you think five hours is excessive travel for a U8 tournament? U8 or
1: eight? Oh, that's U8. Uh, Who? I thought it said U18 at first. Um, uh, I mean do depends I don't, on where you live, kind of. Yeah, right? but I don't really think so. I mean, I'm thinking you ate I mean, we go to Lake Placid, and yeah, that's like yep. six, six, seven hours. Yep. Uh, it depends on how long you're staying. I mean, if it's just like you know two games, and you know it's not, but you wait, Usually, they have you know a minimum of four games, uh, right? So you play. So I don't. I don't think it's that bad. That's drivable, and it's. I don't think it's bad at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely don't think it's uh, it's too crazy. Um, obviously, you know, I think we've talked about it before. If you, you know, depending on where you live and, you know, I coached U8 when I was living down in, in the Atlanta area and, and we traveled quite a bit. We went down to Florida. We went to Nashville. We went to, um, you know, uh alabama different places like that and and you know there's there's certain places wherever you live where you got to do a significant uh, amount of traffic with uh uh, traveling i'm sorry which is uh which is a challenge but you know let's say you know massachusetts area if you do two tournaments at the u8 u8 level and one of them's local and one of them's you know four or five six hours away like you said it's doable in a car uh makes sense to me yeah uh Uh
1: Next one here. What is the process of earning a PTO with an NHL team, and how tough is it to earn a contract from it? Pretty good question.
0: It is a good question. Um, I mean, you're the you're the NHLer. I know about uh, PTOS and and not earning contracts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think
1: that you know, as the league has kind of got younger and younger, and and there's still a lot of really good talent out there, especially in the salary cap era where it's a hard cap and guaranteed contracts. So it's the only sport that really has that. Um, so there's a lot of very good players who aren't on there, you know, just after their rookie deals and maybe they have a bridge deal in their kind of just NHL caliber players that should be able to earn a contract if they're the right fit for a team going in, so the the team, the organization has the leverage there, obviously. But they're they're smart with with these PTOs. They identify a player that could add value to their roster, but also don't want to commit a contract because of maybe you know a couple down years or just not really finding their game, or 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 maybe they're a uh, a real veteran player that you know, is at the tail end of their career and. You know just looking to catch on and they, they can catch lightning in a bottle of some sort. Um you know like a Brian Boyle um you know he signed a PTO with Pittsburgh and you Jimmy know Jimmy Be- V Z our last guest. Yeah and and but VZ still has a lot of runway. You know like he yeah. he has he has a, a a good chance to making that team and really is just solidifying you know um you know that that next phase of his career. You know Brian Boyle's played a long time you know, he's a proven leader, has has some real tangible value, you know, in his skill sets that a team who's looking for that type of, those type of qualities, you know, he'd be a good fit for. So I think, um, you know, I, I just, I think it's a good way to have flexibility from, from a club's point of view. And, you know, as a player, it's it's a little difficult, but you're betting on yourself. You, you're going in and you're looking at some of the um, opportunities that could present itself with, say, a roster depth charts, where where you might fit if you do get a good opportunity to prove yourself and and play to your your game. But um, yeah, it, it can be a win win. But a lot of times, like clubs aren't just going to hand out contracts because they're, you know, uh, you know, with the with the salary cap, with with the the, the way the the league is going, how young these players are and then they're buying their bridge contracts out so the salary cap comes into play so if they can get a, an affordable um, established player on a PTO that's a win for them
0: yeah I think and and just to add to it like you said the you know when you go it's you know the team has a leverage and they can kind of look okay can a guy like Brian Boyle or a veteran you know even a guy like Jimmy Beasy, right that's played in you know 300 NHL games or so you know, does he fit our, our team mold uh, better than some young guy that could, you know, benefit more from doing some seasoning in the minor leagues, right? And, and that's the thing with the NHL and the AHL, where they have that kind of working relationship. And then, you know, I think also for the those guys on a PTO, you – also have the opportunity you know every preseason that you get into preseason game you're basically trying out for two teams right so if you're you know you're Brian Boyle and you're playing for Pittsburgh in your first preseason games against the Boston Bruins you know now it you know the the GM and the coaches and everybody else that's in the stands for Boston is also watching and saying oh wow a kid like Brian a guy like Brian Boyle still got some game left he might be a good fit for us on on our fourth line type of thing or our third line we need you know our our a, you know, one of our penalty killers just went down and got injured. You know, he's a guy that that we could slot in there. So, you know, for the player, there is some, you know, you are able to kind of showcase yourself and and you want to get into as many preseason games as possible and kind of see where it's at, right? That's a great point. Yeah. I mean,
1: you, you're, you're auditioning not only for that team, but anyone else. I mean, there's scouts all around in, in preseason as well. So. Scouts? Yeah, scouts with
0: contracts in their pockets. Contracts in the pockets. Yeah, that the only reason why I know that, because every AHL camp I went to, the coach was like, you know, buck my uh, agent and would be like, yeah, so when every every team you're playing for, you you know, every every uh, exhibition game you get into, the, that other team's watching too. You know yeah. what I mean? But a perfect example, I mean, even with that, and not to, you know, get too hung up on it, but when I left college and went to Lowell in the American League, um my team wasn't making the playoffs I think my second game was against Wilkes-Barre Pittsburgh's team and you know as soon as our season ended after the you know six or seven games that I played there they called and I went down there and you know was kind of that black black ace we talk about in the playoffs with the potential of you know playing and things like that but because I was a free agent I wasn't tied to that organization I just went on a um you know a PTO or I think they even called uh, ATO or some amateur mm-hmm. tryout yeah. at that point when you're just coming out of school. And, uh, you know, I went to, to Pittsburgh, you know, uh, not Pittsburgh to uh, Wilkes-Barre's um, and, you know, was, was part of their kind of playoff rounds or whatever, but yeah, good question. That is That's a great good question. question. Um, we got another one. Are there captains in youth hockey? If so, how does a coach go about choosing them? If not, do uh, do you have a key, have a key group of players that you go to to help the team get going?
1: Um, I, I don't think it's team by team. You don't necessarily need a captain. The captain's usually for speaking to the ref. Um, yeah. And these kids, you know, that's what the coaches are there for to kind of chat with the refs. But um, you know, if you want a little bit of structure on, you know, like the the, the team uh, dynamic and you have a, a player who maybe has some natural leadership qualities where he works hard in practice, he's he's attentive in, in all areas, um, you know, you can set an example and make him a captain or you rotate it or, you know, just kind of include people. But I, I don't know. I, I just think, uh,
0: you know, it's not necessary. Yeah, I think it's goofy, to be honest. I think it's silly at the younger age groups. Even What about even, the Russian K? Yeah, that's foolish <laughs> <laughs> i just think it's silly i mean i think it, it's it's you know, like you said the captain's role is kind of to be that that liaison between the coach and the ref and these kids aren't at the age yet where they're talking to referees and things like that i mean you coach at the u16 level do you have i know it's a split season team but do you have captains yet no no all right so no yeah. No no captains. There no you go. captains in you thought. I mean I, I just look back at I
1: remember I had uh I, I was a captain when I was uh younger and it kind of makes you feel a little I don't know. It it doesn't put a little added pressure on you, but it was I I I I even remember feeling uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. It was like white Mohawk's jersey with his big blue
0: yeah, <laughs> like on my shoulder. Um, it
1: was yeah. So I I would uh, say no for uh,
0: yeah. I also think you want to you know, you want to teach all these kids to lead by example in in, in their own way too, right? There's going to be naturally every locker room is different, but um, you know most of them are pretty similar. Where you have you know Your group of guys that are pretty loud guys and outgoing guys, and then you have some some other kids that are pretty quiet and more serious and things like that. And you know each kid whether it's you know, you, you want to teach each of these kids to, you know, be the ones that are all as a team picking up the tape balls at the end of at the end of practice or at the end of the games and, you know, do the little things like, you know, keeping kids focused and make sure they're not helmet box in the locker room and things like that. Um, you know, and that should be something that the entire team is is kind of doing and you you're, you're training these kids to be potential leaders, but it's not. I, I don't think you need to do it at the at the youth hockey level. Um, oh. But, Mots, if it's back to school time, then it's back to hockey time. Uh, visit franklinsports.com for NHL-licensed street hockey sticks, nets, balls, and now brand-new ice hockey gear. Enter the code BLUELINE for 20% off street hockey, mini hockey, and ice hockey gear through the end of 2021. Franklin Sports is the official ball and street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Visit franklinsports.com and join the fam today. Don't miss out on your stick cheddar. Um, also, Mots, I, I worked our boy Billy Ryan in some pickleball with my Franklin stuff. I got my – uh Yeah if you guys aren't playing pick- pickleball yet, you guys are behind the eight ball. The sport's unbelievable. Billy came back from – uh he was down with Florida working, and he said pickleball. They were playing all the coaches with the Panthers were – uh, obviously, Billy's a scout for Florida, so he said after the games and things like that, that's like the new craze. Every all the coaches, all the scouts, uh, we're all playing. And Billy came back and he's like, "By, I'm up for pickleball." So him and I, uh, we met up at Prezi's yesterday, got a little one on one in, and uh, I worked him over. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm still um kind of like uh,
1: feeling out process with the, uh, the the new wheel here, but I'm. I'm pretty pumped to use my pickleball set. Um you know, I have it kind of all ready to go on the on the shelf. It's it's uh it's one of these
0: uh I think it'd be good you you're gonna have to start with doubles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's not that much movement. The one on one you can get Mixed working. Doubles? Good. Mixed doubles is fine. Mix is yeah. Me and Joanna will take on you in court anytime. Do, do will you have to play lefty to start? <laughs> Well, give me a chance. Uh, uh, yeah, I gotta kind of see where your game's at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not great. just gonna. I'm not just gonna. I might. I, I guess I could maybe try to lull you into to sleep a little bit. You know what I mean? Start playing lefty and go from there. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, I'm. I'm actually pumped to um, give it a try, though. Uh, there's a few courts right down the street, and I, they're always packed.
0: They are always packed. I went up on us on one day with the kids. I was trying to get them out there, and I couldn't even find a court. But we might have to uh, pickles. There's a place pickles there in in Hanover. They serve yeah. booze and everything, so we might have to uh, try out our Franklin uh, pickleball sets down there and see what our games are really made of. I, I'm I'm kind of moving on. I'm I'm you know trying to get all my buddies on board, and and we'll see what's up because I I am in training for the next Olympics. I, I think right. I need to start. Seeing a little bit more challenge, it. I took it to Bunzo. I took it to Billy Ryan. So it's time to. If if there's any veteran players out there, I kind of want to see where my game's at. Wow. I mean, are you a pickleball prodigy? I don't know. I mean, it's so far so good. I mean, I've played. I probably don't know the rules properly, and I've only played like three times, but. I yeah. feel pretty confident about myself. So All I'll right. challenge anybody. If anybody wants to hit me up on uh, on Instagram or Twitter, I'll meet you at, at at your home court. No problem. Oh you go into a hot kitchen too. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> no. I have no problem. But answer that code Blue Line twenty percent off street hockey, ice hockey gear and and pickleball bat and gloves. Um all that, all that good stuff. We uh, we appreciate that partnership with uh, with Franklin. Uh, what do we got next, month? A couple uh, more, I think.
1: Yeah, a couple more. Uh, how easy is it to tell what kids haven't taken their off-season seriously?
0: Uh, when they show up 25 pounds overweight? Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: it depends on, you know, off-season, is, like how old. You know, because they have to put the work in in the off-season um, – you know, you're working out. You're running. You're starting to get a program in place. Um, more often than not, we're you know we we want kids to be you know playing other sports, but also kind of getting some introductory education on on some off ice training. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean for the older kids, it's it's very obvious. I would say, yeah. Um, you know, no, number one, body makeup, and then number two, you know, like stamina, uh, strength on puck. You know all all the 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 very uh telltale signs um but you do also have to give you know like skating legs and like you you can be in great shape this happened to me all the time i would try and get in the best shape possible and and i wouldn't skate in in the summer and then i would start skating i'm like oh boy i'm like this is this is the year it's not coming back (laughs) and you know it does take some time for you to translate that um you know say level of fitness to the on ice skating um portion of the the fitness so you know you, you kind of you can tell though i mean either way i think the the biggest thing would be uh body makeup
0: right yeah i think so and i, I mean i think you see it at um at the younger age groups like you know some kids that kind of have to ease their way back into the to the you know, the season, right. They're not like at, at peak form yet, which is, you know, I think fine. Right. And and you know that they're playing other sports and playing lacrosse and playing hockey. And it kind of takes some time to build up those per se hockey legs. Right. It's a little bit different. You're using different muscles and things like that. But at the older age groups, I mean, if you walk in the locker room and, and you know, their stomach looks like they've been on a Budweiser diet all summer, then pretty easy to pretty easy to find, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, um. Martz, the last one here, and I know we got another voicemail uh, queued up is how useful do you find the whiteboard to be? I'm sure that uh, there are lots of kids that don't pay attention, but how and how much do they actually miss? Ah uh, great, great question. That I love the whiteboard, question. yep, I love it. Um,
1: I do feel like you know like I know what I'm saying, like uh you know what I, the message I want to get across, but I, I've had to kind of really, you know, consciously ask if they're getting it. But to the, the point of the question, I, yeah, they miss a lot if you just go through it. Um, you know, I ran a captain's practice, you know, uh, this morning, actually, and you know, pr- some pretty simple drills for anyone that is in high school. And I, I feel that, yeah, uh, you know, there was one that was ahead a little bit more to it, but I just feel that even still with the instruction and drawing it up and like telling them why and 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 what you want to accomplish in this drill um there is still a level of you know disconnect uh so you know i i love the whiteboard i i think it's it's really valuable to to make sure you keep checking in with the the kids to make sure they're not missing everything because you know, like I said, like your brain's going, and you you know what you want to accomplish with the message, and then sometimes you look after, and you know, I mean, there's lines everywhere. But if they're not following along, then they pay attention and they see all these lines. It's like, what is that, Picasso? Right. And um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's a, a good question. I, I think that they do miss a lot, but I I found that if I check in with them and. And try to like break it down make sure they're you know even if they're just nodding a little bit or some kids do ask questions which is i which i love um you know you can get that you know throughout the process
0: yeah i think it's it's a very valuable uh, teaching tool in between shifts and things like that i think that's you know we've talked about it at length before um you know i like to when I coach be that, you know, the guy that's in the middle of the bench and kind of grabbing kids and, and talking to them about certain plays and things like that. And I think, you know, the huge, the, 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 there's no, um, you know, more gratifying feeling as a coach that after you do go over something with a kid on the whiteboard and they actually go out and execute it um, is, is just so valuable. I think, you know, the, the before the games and things like that, you can go over certain things on the board. Um, you know, whether it's your power play setup, whether it's your pen penalty kill setup, neutral zone, different things like that. Um, but again, kids do lose attention pretty quickly, so you, you've got to be careful about not, you know, going like too, too in depth on things. And like you said, you know, next thing you know, you're just drawing a bunch of circles and lines and stuff all over the place. And the <laughs> kids are more confused than they were before, but I definitely think it's a, it's a very valuable um, coaching resource and, you know, before games, in game situations. And, you know, as you get older in between periods and things like that, where you can um, go over thing and, and and same thing as, as you get to the, the higher ranks, you know, that's when videos come into, uh, um, you know, the, the, so valuable when you can see things, um, you know, breaking things down. You see it nowadays with guys on the iPads on in the NHL in between plays and things like that is, is you know, it, it, it's so important. Um, but do we have uh, one more or is it just a voicemail? I think the voicemail. All right, let's get the voicemail going. What's up, fellas? It's your boy, Harold. It's good to be back in the rinks. Missing watching the boys compete.
1: Getting puck deep. I can tell you one thing. I didn't miss though. Johnny's mother.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy, Harry from High Park. He's uh, he's already at mid season form. Yeah, Harry, welcome back. We missed you. Yeah, we really did. Yeah, Johnny's uh, mother. J- Johnny's mother. Uh, yeah, nobody missed Johnny's mother. She she's definitely we. Nobody likes to deal with her at the rink. Um, yeah. Like we said at the beginning of the show, uh, Johnny's mom, you're always on camera, so watch yourself.
1: Yeah, that, that's a, a good point by, uh, Harry. You know, he's, he's made some great points over the, the episodes of uh, the times he's called in. So continue, uh, you know, listening, Harry, and we, we respect your, uh, your insight. Always. Yeah. He's,
0: he's just, I mean, he he's was such deep. an athlete back in the day. You know what I mean? We, we really value everything that he says. Uh, all right, Mott's good. Uh, good mailbag. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram at the ring shrinks and Twitter at ring shrinks, uh, fill up the voicemail. Uh, next week we'll be a, we'll, we'll have a guest interview, but, uh, you get a couple weeks to get ready for that. Again, that number is uh, 3476 shrink. Again, 347-674-7465. Seven, seven, four, seven, four, uh, or you can email us any questions uh, at the I'm sorry, at rinkshrinks at gmail.com. Again, that's rinkshrinks at gmail.com. Um we also have you know a lot of social media content and things like that that are uh that we're putting out there that the the team's doing a really good job so make sure you uh you like all that stuff and share it and then we encourage everybody to uh subscribe to the, the podcast keep spreading the word it's uh it's it's you know been going great we really appreciate it and there's been a lot of great feedback especially for uh, early in the season what do you say Mots do the rink shrink shuffle let's go and uh, once again thanks to the sponsors right Franklin TSR Hockey Cross Country Mortgage the Lee Heffernan Group and uh, Skit Scott